This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. To be kind or respectful? Framed differently, is it better to be respected or to be considered kind? Of course, this is a false dichotomy. We should all be kind and respectful, respected and kindly regarded. But as women in our Western society, it often feels like these two qualities are at odds. If I'm at a restaurant and my food comes out incorrectly or low quality or something, will my server hate my guts for asking them to take it back when I'm trying to get the attention of the store clerk because I have to ask them a question? How long should I stand there smiling before I speak up? Will I be considered rude for not just waiting to catch their eye? And it's not always as low stakes as self-advocating as a customer. If the first thing someone says about me in the workplace is, oh, Heather is so nice to work with, does that mean they're not saying how strong of a leader I am, that I'm a creative contributor and run a tight ship? Will I get trampled on by my employees because I'm too nice? It's not an easy question to answer, and frankly, it's not a fair situation to be in, but it's one we all have to struggle with at some point in our lives. Personally, I set that kindness bar pretty high, and I try to help everyone feel liked and respected. Only a little people-pleasing, thank you very much. But I'm not afraid to be impolite, to be treated with respect. In many ways, our mission of preaching the power of setting boundaries is our little answer to this question. Just saying no when you should, and saying yes when you want to. Our guest today is Norjahan Tort, a senior VP brand strategist a Sports Illustrated Swim Search finalist and a young women's empowerment advocate. Her answer to this question is clear. It's more important to be respected than to be liked. 
She has made it her mission to get women excited about the prospect of falling on their faces over and over if it means they're making their one life on this earth count. With an MBA from Columbia University and an MPH from UCLA, she hopes to inspire women with her message of empowerment, resilience, and living life to the fullest. Marja Han, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for that intro. Well, we're very excited to have you on. I think our messages are very much in alignment. Um, so let's just jump in and start with this question of, is it better to be respected than liked? Yeah, I mean, that is my answer. I think it is more important to be respected than to be liked. And I caveat that with saying that's what I've come to, the, that conclusion I came to as I've gotten older and as I, as friendships have matured and as I've advanced in my career. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that as we take on more responsibility and more accountability, that question of whether we need to be respected or liked matters more than mm-hmm. what I would tell my younger self or younger children. But especially for the women that I talk to or the, the women that are on my team, right? They're, they're in their twenties and early thirties and, and really finding their voice and finding their, um, identity in their careers, in their relationships and their friendships. I do think you have to be respected because everyone liking you doesn't necessarily get you to your dreams, right? But everyone respecting you can help you get to and achieve your dreams and your goals. Right. And I, I say that without giving some kind of specific example, because I hope that in saying that someone is thinking about their, their drive, their goals, their dreams, and understanding that if you're respected, people will help you. Yeah. I, I know that I've struggled with this in my 30s and 40s, and now I'm in my early 50s. And it was this realization that I cared too much about people liking me. Um. And that was part of the reason why I wasn't setting boundaries and why I was so mm-hmm. burnt out and feeling so taken for granted and, you know, all the things that we resent, right? But I was I was coming from that motivation of wanting people to like me. And so once right. I kind of got over that <laughs> and decided that isn't what's important to me, there are going to be people who are mad at me or don't like me, and that's not my problem. That's not my problem. There are other people in the world, they'll like me. Um, yeah that it really made it a lot easier to say no and set boundaries and establish my wants and needs. I agree. And, and I will say when I, and I'm still coming to that conclusion, right? I'm still oh, yeah. accepting and understanding that not everyone's going to like me, but no one's perfect. I'm far from it. That you know, when you, I don't know if it felt like this for you, Heather, when you get to that conclusion that it's okay for everyone not to like me, I think I over-indexed where I'm like, I really don't care if you like me or not. <laughs> and so I think we have yeah. to find that balance of saying, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be consumed with why you don't like me, but I'm not also going to actively make you dislike me. And I think right, that, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. finding that yeah. balance, um, because yeah. it's so great to say, I don't care. And I, for me, I was like, yeah, I don't care at all. But in, in not caring, I had to check myself and make sure that mm-hmm. I wasn't actually intentionally doing <laughs> things to make people dislike me. Um, and just focusing on myself right. and, and, and I know, I know it's, um, 
it's, it's like when I make the intentional choice not to go socialize or not to go out because perhaps the folks that are going to be out are just not, um, not the, not the people or not the energy that I want to be around that night, maybe because I sense that I'm not their cup of tea or vice versa. It's really empowering to say, you know, I think I'm just going to stay home. I think I'm going to stay home and be productive or just, you know, call up some of my friends and talk to them about all of our, all of our lives things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that um, we're having this conversation because I think about this a lot. And so in my pile, you know, everyone says, what are you reading? And the joke as well, what do you mean? What is the pile of books on my nightstand that I'm going to get to eventually? I just picked <laughs> up this book. I don't know if you can see it. The Courage to be Disliked. Um, oh, yeah. So this is on my reading list that I'm going to get to. Um, so if anyone's looking for a book to read and wants to check it out. Um, but um, yeah, I think... I think there's empowerment in there. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to actively go out there and offend people. But you also, um, you have to trust people to kind of get over it. And if you, you can't own their feelings, right? You can't mm -hmm. make it such a big deal or I'm, I'm, I'm blabbering. It's Friday afternoon and I'm, <laughs> the thoughts are not coming out eloquently, but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like once you get past or beyond the worry about whether or not someone likes you, then you can really focus on what's important, what your priorities mm -hmm. are, what your goals are, things like that. Absolutely. The other thing I thought might be fun to talk about for a second yeah, is the difference between being nice versus being kind. Are those two different things? And I think they are. I think someone who's nice that could be very superficial, but someone who's kind, like someone who's kind will tell you you have spinach in your teeth, right? Someone, <laughs> or, or there's something wrong, right? So they'll be honest with you. And I think that's yeah. more kind than being superficially nice. I don't know what your take would be on that. Oh, I, I love your take on it. That's a really interesting, uh, my, my head went to, you know, if we were to pick apart, if there's differences that, Someone who's nice might also sometimes be perceived as someone who's weak, but mm. someone who's kind, I don't necessarily think that they might be mistook. That kindness might be mistaken. Mm -hmm. I know some that that's a saying, but I think mm -hmm. it's that when you describe someone as nice, they are someone who, um, you know, might be a pushover. Can, yeah, you yeah. can finagle them to to yeah, you yeah. know finish a PowerPoint deck at four. 45 on a Friday and they'll just say yes to it because mm -hmm. they're nice, but someone kind might know exactly how to say no to you and protect their boundaries without making you feel offended and with giving you the reassurance that this will get done next week before it goes to clients. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not getting done at 4 45 PM on a Friday. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's where my, and I, I guess I'm in work mode too. So that's where my head went <laughs> with the difference between nice and kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the topic of being nice, how do you, or being kind or being perceived, being likable, um, I, you know, I was snooping around on your social media and looking at some of the things you say. And, um, one of them is like being nice doesn't mean you're a bitch. 
Not being nice, I mean. Yeah. Not being nice. Let me start that over. Noah, please edit me. (laughs) One of the things you talk about is not being nice doesn't mean you're a bitch. Want to talk about that? I do. I think that goes back to this idea that we talk about, and maybe it's rooted in this, in the negative connotation that I feel nice has, right? That it means you're weak or whatnot. But if you're not nice, then what does that mean for you? Does that mean you're strong, right? Like if nice equals weak, what I just said, oops, Mm -hmm, I just moved mm -hmm. my mic. Um, (laughs) Then does not being nice mean that you're strong? But then for women, strong could mean aggressive and assertive Mm -hmm. equals bitchy or being a bitch. And I think that not, so now that you've given me a great way to think about nice versus kind, I'll even evolve that to say not, you know, not being kind. Maybe that we could argue about, okay, maybe that person is um, erring on the on the, on the definition of aggressive and whatnot. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't think like saying no to doing something at 445 mm-hmm. and protecting your boundaries to the point of, it does not mean that you are a bitch. And right. sometimes, you know, I find myself having to not be nice in the service of people I care about. Yeah. And I'm like, how is it that I now feel like a bitch or I feel like I have done nothing but had to, you know, put on my boss hat and talk sternly, directly and curtly to people. I feel like a bitch. And that's where that comes from. But I'm not. I know I'm not. I know I'm doing this in service of my team or my friends and protecting people I care about when I have to not be nice. And that's where that thought came from for me, that I have to always remind myself because lately, especially... I think for women, when we take leadership roles in our careers, um, I'm in corporate America and in a leadership role, I lay my head down and the stereotype is true where I have to think back on the whole day and, and wonder, did I say anything nice? Was I fun? Was there any levity to my, to my interactions or was I in complete work mode of shutting down bad behavior or moving the work forward or giving hard but constructive feedback. And then I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, was I a bitch today? (laughs) And then I have to say, no, I was just doing my job. It's almost Um, like deprogramming, right? Sort of those cultural norms, cultural expectations, and just being okay with you know, I don't necessarily have to be pleasing everybody all the time yeah. or being nice all the time. Or um, how do you deal with that sort of inevitable overthinking that comes with <laughs> setting boundaries? Like, how do you, what are, how do you, we always say you should talk to yourself more than you listen yeah. to yourself. Like, how do you talk to yourself? I think, um, so in that example, right, with like overthinking and wondering, am I mm-hmm. just, uh, is, is this who I am now? Just this, this, more assert, you know, I don't know, Mm -hmm. whatever people want to describe it as. Um, I also have to remind myself that I know my intentions and I also own my mistakes. That's how I deal with overthinking. So if something comes up in my personal life or my professional life and I realize like I messed up, I made a mistake and I messed up 
And I can't tell you like the kind of anxiety, the pit in my stomach that forms. It reminds me of, I don't know, like being 14 and getting caught sneaking out of the house and, you know, (laughs) my dad showing up at like the party I wasn't supposed to be at, like that pit in your stomach, right? Like that, (laughs) that still happens when I because I'm not perfect, no one is. And whether it's my reckless behavior or it's, you know, doing something, what stops me from overthinking is just reminding myself, I'm going to own it. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to understand exactly what I did wrong from their perspective. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to own it. And I'm going to work on not doing it again. That's the only way because I can't dwell. I mean, because I'll go down a spiral, right? Of overthinking everything. And the other thing about if I have a hard day at work or I know that I've had to really be assertive in shutting something down or pushing something forward, I do remind myself, and I think everyone should, when it matters, when when it's like when it comes down to humanity at work, I do put that first. I'd like to think that I I don't um, dismiss humanity when it when we when we need it, and so. I have to remind myself, like, I'm not going to expect someone to do something on a Sunday if I'm not going to do it on the Sunday. I don't, I don't like to, um, mm-hmm. d- I don't like people to think that I won't roll my sleeves up with them. So if, if we're, if we're, we're all in it for an all nighter, we're in it together. And I think mm-hmm. those things remind me that, okay, I, I don't need to overthink that one interaction. I'm sure they must've thought I was being harsh, but, um, it is what it is because that same person knows I'll be by their side till midnight if needs be yeah. on a project. Yeah. And I, and on a personal level too, I think, you know, I have some family members facing health issues and there are times when as the family member who goes in to be the second set of years, you know, I'll, I'll start advocating and that physician or nurse or whatever may feel like I'm being bitchy, mm-hmm. but um, I know my heart, I, I, my purpose in, in that role is to advocate for my loved one. And yeah. oh, I'm going to yeah. do, I'm, I'm not rude. I'm not yelling at people, which I know is a problem in the healthcare industry, but um, I'm making sure that their needs are met and we're, we're setting the boundaries and their expectations for my loved one. So I feel like in the workplace and our personal lives and mm-hmm. just advocating for ourselves, we're all programmed to be these people pleasing, you know, everybody likes me, popular women, girls, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of have to understand where our hearts are and, and just move forward. And I love what you said about if I, if I made a mistake, I own it and I take action. So I'm not just thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it just it can it it you know just deters your day and how you feel about yourself and and impacts how you're interacting with people. It's some you know it's funny you said that about your family members and advocating for them. We were just talking about this at work. Um, I'm in advertising, right, and we're always presenting Mm -hmm. briefs and concepts and creative ideas to our clients, and we were having this back and forth debate about how much do we have to, like when we've presented an idea or what we call a creative brief, how much of it do we have to explain or how much do we just let the work explain itself, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's two schools of thought that when you are trying to, you present it and then you try to explain it for your clients, 
you are almost overcompensating that it's not easy if it's not easily if it can't be understood on its own without your voiceover and your explanation then that means you're overcompensating or you're mm-hmm. defending the work but if mm-hmm. you just let it out and let it breathe then perhaps it stands on its own and there's mm-hmm. there's there's back and forth debates i fall in the camp of let the work stand on its own and unless yeah. you're asked questions about it don't explain it because that shows that that's how confident you feel about the work and that's how confident you feel that it is strategic and logical and rational. Right. And I feel the same way sometimes in our personal lives. My mother is uh, not as outspoken as me. She's much more shy, but her father was being honored at a really wonderful, wonderful event. And my um, grandfather, he was a very famous Uh, Indian music composer. And there was a magical, amazing, amazing musical performance in his honor recently. So she was the guest of honor because he's no longer with us. And she's very shy. And I know how much that night meant to her. And so there was a lot of press and there was the red carpet. And other folks were getting interviewed, right? Just, you know, um, people Mm -hmm. who came to the event or people who may have known my grandfather by proxy and other people were walking the event. I mean, it's not like my mother has a publicist, but I immediately assumed that role of being her publicist. And I grabbed her by the hand and I made sure that all the right folks were, you know, talking to her because they were looking for her. She was, they were like, oh, Mm -hmm. we heard some, you know, we heard her, his daughters in the, in the audience. And, and I remember someone watching me and making a comment to me that indicated that I was being pushy or that I was being too, you know, assertive or bossy about the whole situation. And in that split second, I thought, do I need to explain myself to this person and why I'm doing this? Because I know my mother will look back and be so happy and it would hurt her. She would regret it if she looked back on this evening. No. It's not worth the explanation. It's not worth the explanation because then it seems like I have to defend my behavior when I don't feel like I have to defend this behavior. I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it. And I just ignored the comment and I went on my way and my mom had a fabulous evening. I'm with you. I'm with you on that though. Like, (laughs) you know your intentions. And so um, it doesn't need explanations. And well, not everyone needs an explanation for your intentions. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Noor Shahan. That's a Hard No is brought to you by Clever Girl Marketing, my full-service agency specializing in smart, strategic marketing solutions for businesses and nonprofits. Okay, so you're probably wondering, Heather, what's with the podcast about boundaries? Why not marketing? Well maybe in the future, but for now, it actually does relate. So bear with me here. Smart marketing, strategic marketing, requires knowing what to say no to and why. Businesses and nonprofits get inundated with marketing options and offers every day. We help you cut through all that noise, focus on your specific needs, and develop actionable strategies that are doable and actually make sense. Whether it's websites, SEO, email, social, or traditional channels, we're experienced in all of it. So if you need help figuring out your marketing, visit our website, clevergrowmarketing.com, and get in touch. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome back. As Noor Jahan and I kept talking, we kept running into this hypothetical situation where we would do something like set a boundary or look for respect rather than to be kind and would inevitably feel like we were being a bitch. Noor Jahan got specific even about how she felt like she had to check herself that what she was doing was for the best when she was protecting her mom. Lord knows I've talked about just how hard it was for me to say no during my year of no. For weeks, I would be racked with guilt every time I self-advocated. But here's the thing. That impulse to be sorry isn't serving you. And clearly, for me, it led me to set less boundaries, to be less happy. But over time, it got easier. And that only came from finding my no every day and slowly but surely setting boundaries for myself. And look at me now. I'm a total jerk. No, not really. (laughs) All joking aside, personal growth is a huge part of learning to set healthy boundaries. Where Jahan and I talk a lot about growing in our conversation, and it's not always easy. And these situations were not hypothetical, let me tell you. It's taken a lot of falling down and getting back up to get where I am in life. And from the story you're about to hear, where Jahan can relate. So I love this notion of... Um, you know, falling on your face that you encourage women to fall on their face as long as, you know, they're taking full advantage of this one life. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I think where it started, not think, I know where it started is um, I, um, my birthday in 2022, um, we were at a really fun restaurant and it's one of those restaurants where you're the music's playing, you get up on your chairs and you're dancing and you're throwing the napkins around. And it's, it's, it's so much fun. It's so lively. And the, the evening had just started dinner hadn't even been served yet, but it was, everyone was encouraging me get up on the, uh, on the chair, dance, it's your birthday. And I do. And I fell off the chair and, um, I fell so hard. And of course, everyone's cameras captured it. I was so lucky not to get seriously injured, but the way, I mean, I still have the hematoma staining on my legs from falling on the chair. Like it's a perfect straight line from the chair that like slammed right into my thigh and my entire thigh bruised. It was black and my cat, like it was bad. Um, I stayed through the dinner and I, I, I enjoyed my birthday. And then when I got home, I was like, I think we need to go to urgent care. (laughs) Um, And I had to film my submission video for Sports Illustrated for their search competition. Oh. And I have this, I mean, when I wish I could show you a picture, Heather, when I show you the size of this bruise and it was, the bruise was as black as my hair, covered my entire thigh and my calf. It was bad. And I I, I should have been focusing on the fact that I need to be grateful that I wasn't more seriously injured. But of course I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, 
I have to film this submission video. I've been working so hard to try to build relationships with the Sports Illustrated editors and 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 make it to you know finals this year. Um, and I decided after dwelling in self pity for the day, I said, "F it, I'm filming this video. I'm turning this into a you know this is gonna this is this is it. This is me in the video." And that's mm-hmm. I, I'm luckily there was so much footage of me falling on that chair, and I used that <laughs> in my in my submission video. Really? And I said, "You know what? Like, wouldn't you rather stumble living life than squander it standing still? Like, I'm living yeah. the life that I." fought so hard for, right? I'm with all my loved ones. I created this life. And if I don't stop to appreciate it, then what was the point of it? So Mm -hmm. this is the life. And if that meant I fell off the chair, but I'm living and I'm enjoying myself, then so be it. And that Mm -hmm. was a platform for my video. And um, I think that I just got really excited about that, that if I could look back, there's so many mistakes, even now, like I just, I just, I feel like I screwed up five days ago about something and, you know, I'm, I'm regretful. I'm upset about it. I need to make it right. Or, or, you know, all of those things I'm going through the process, but I'm also telling myself, you know what? You're living, you're living and you're going to make mistakes if you live. But if you just sit in your house and don't talk to anyone and don't try to form bonds with anyone, or don't take a chance and try to trust people, then you're not living. So we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. Um, but that is so much better than just standing still because you will not will you will not get a redo. I love that, and um, it reminds me. There's this the saying that has stuck in my head. I heard a couple years ago, Glennon Doyle. If you're familiar with her, love her. She says, yeah. "Yeah, she says pain is a traveling professor," and I've sort of adopted that as failure is a traveling professor. We all yeah. fail. Everybody fails. Yeah. Everybody messes up. I've been in business for eight years. I'm going to be 55. Oh my God. Um, and I still mess up. I still do stupid things. I make dumb mistakes. I I make the wrong choice, you know, and instead of beating myself up, it's my attitudes become, what am I, what can I learn from this? Yeah. What can I learn? You know? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What was their response? Did they comment on that approach? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't even make it to interviews that round. I didn't like I, I didn't even I didn't even advance um, that. So I, I really don't know what, they, what okay. they thought of it. But you got something out of it, which is even more important. I really did. I really yeah. did. And, and like and, you know, and I say that, but I'm so happy that I submitted that video. And I'm, yeah. I'm um, it didn't deter me like I'm still very yeah. much um that's still a dream and a goal of mine and i still very much love that community and yeah. i enjoy getting to know those editors um and that just wasn't my time and yeah. I, but i also don't think oh it wasn't my time because i fell yeah. or i didn't i'm like okay that wasn't my time but i i really did um i don't know it just, it just fueled it fueled me yeah you turned something that someone might get into that wallow in that self-pity and oh woe is me and this thing happened to me and instead you said I'm going to use this I'm going to learn from this I'm going to empower myself with this I I just think that's phenomenal thank you so I'm, I'm intrigued because we're both in the marketing and advertising world you know I own a marketing agency I deal with brand strategy all the time I personally have taken myself off social media for a couple of years now, just because I just felt like it was an energy suck, like an energy vampire, basically. Yeah. Um, And I'm so busy trying to build. I just don't need somebody taking um, 
something or someone taking energy away. And so as we're talking about comparing to others, I'm thinking about social media and stuff like that. What are your thoughts about, you know, how we should talk to ourselves if we're using social media or how we should set boundaries around social media or just your general thoughts? And this is like coming from experience. When I look back, I feel like my, um, the age group that I'm a part of, we very much were young adults prior to Instagram yes. I, and, and, and then post Instagram. Like I, I, I've, I think I'm in that era of people that were not influencers and then became influencers. And so we've seen both. And so when I look back, I think that whenever you're starting to have negative self-talk as it relates to social media, we might have to ask ourselves, what is it about real life that is not going right or that's that there's discontent or gaps or you know un, you're where you're feeling unfulfilled because then you're more susceptible to negative self-talk from scrolling on social media mm, mm-hmm. but the more content i've the you know those phases of life where i felt more content in my real life with my health my career my personal relationships I wasn't getting sucked into negative self-talk around social Mm -hmm. media. I also felt less need to consume social media. And so when we are in those circle, uh, in those patterns, that's when I think we have to, and I think it's much harder for younger children. And I can't speak on that because I do not have children, but as as young women, you know, if you're in your, I would look back and say, yeah, but if I was not in a good place in a personal relationship or in work, it was much harder for me to be on social media. Yeah. And, you know, Heather, what I did, I've always had like a private Instagram account um, Mm -hmm. for almost all my life. And um, I think, you know, having a public account is part of this, like, you know, putting myself out there for Sports Illustrated, swim search competition, but then also pursuing things like what I'm doing right now with you, right? Like I've always Mm -hmm. had this on my bucket list and I was like, I wanna get into speaking and and connecting with people and talking. Um, I remember when I started doing it, someone had given me advice, you need to make a public Instagram. And the first comment I said, I have so much respect for content creators and influencers. That's not my goal. That's not my talent and that's not Mm -hmm. my goal. So how can I do this? Where Where's the balance so that I don't, don't get sucked into that and forget that that's actually not what I am. I'm a storyteller, I'm a writer, I'm, I'm these things, I'm a strategist. Um, but I always had a private account and I kid you not, I started a new role um, in this new year at my corporate job. Oh, good for you. And it's taking a lot more responsibility. I am now um, you know, co-lead of our entire strategy group and I take it very seriously. I'm really proud of, of that achievement. But something just came over me and I said, you know what? It's time. And even though it's a private account, I had about like 300 followers. I just, for me now, it's a photo journal of my entire life because I posted a lot of our trips and whatnot on it. I just removed all the followers. And I said, you know what? I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it didn't serve anything in mm-hmm. that moment anymore to, to have everything out there or to keep consuming, um, content and, and putting it out there. Um, and it was really freeing. I feel so productive. I I still obviously (laughs) have this public account, but I do feel productive and I, and, um, it's just been a week, but when I know I need, when it's someone's birthday, I'm looking at my calendar or, um, it's actually giving me a lot of clarity of 
who are the important people in my life yes, that I am 100%. texting, that I am yeah. keeping in touch with, and that I'm doing it intentionally. Yes. That's my word for 2024, intentional. Very nice. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I find that I didn't make any big announcement. I didn't turn off, I didn't turn off any accounts or anything like that. I just kind of just stopped going on personally. Of course, my yeah. agency and we do client work and stuff. But um, the people who matter to me know how to get a hold of me and yeah. I know how to get a hold of them. And if there was, even if there's something posted on Facebook, let's say someone would be like, hey, I thought I'd share this with you. And then they text it to me. So I don't miss it. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. I picked up on something you were talking about a second ago about storytelling. You love to storytell. You love to weave these pictures. And, and I saw this um, post you wrote where you said, every human should write her autobiography. They should direct their own narrative. And I, I thought that was really powerful. So tell me more about your thoughts on that. Yeah, that was, um, I, I keep a journal mm -hmm. and it keeps me honest and it holds me accountable. And I think that's where that thought came from that wouldn't it be wonderful? So I, again, we all have our goals and our, our visions and, and our, um, our vision boards and what we aspire to. And um, I was always trying to manifest that maybe one day I'll be sitting across from Jay Shetty and we'll be talking on his podcast. And that's, he always asks a question to his guests at the end of every episode. If you could make one new rule for the world, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And that would be my rule or my law that everyone needs to write their own autobiography as if like, you can't, you can't graduate to the next grade in school until you've <laughs> written that year's pages. Um, and, and why? Because I do think, you know, if you write down what happened, then you're controlling the narrative and you should control your own narrative, but also you're able to reflect in the moment that, oh, this is how I felt about a certain situation. What am I going to do about it moving forward? Mm -hmm. Or it also helps you get a lot of clarity about things that you think were a really, really big deal. When you write them down, how bad is it or how good is it? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I write my journal entries, I do them every day's entry. And then I read the previous year's entries for that same day. And it keeps me so honest. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So tonight I'll write my January, 2024 entry. I started keeping this journal in 2015. So then I go back and I keep it on Evernote. That's the app I use. And then I mm -hmm. scroll through that day to get to that 2015 page. And I read January 12th from 2015, all the way back up to 2024. And I always write today's entry first. Cause then I get real good clarity of have I progressed? Yeah. Am I still complaining about the same thing? Am I more excited at work? So even if I had a bad day today, but I read my entries of where I was at 2015, and then I, it just makes you appreciate your progress more. It makes you appreciate your wins because we always don't see them because we're living yeah, them. Yeah. And I think that's why I say everyone should write their own autobiography because no one's gonna appreciate your success more than you but you don't get a chance to really sit back and appreciate it. And sometimes yeah. only when it's too late. What a great idea. I never would have thought of that, but I, I, I love that. I love being able to see, you know, how far have I come yeah. since this time last year or, or yeah. the year before or, or the year seven before. years ago. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. great. I love yeah, it. Nine years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 
so we're we're kind of getting to the end of the conversation, and I'm wondering um, if you could crystallize some of the thoughts we've talked about um, and thinking about if you were to give advice to someone in their 20s, someone, a young woman who's starting out in her career, um, what advice would you give them? Don't apologize. Yeah. That's, that's the advice I give. It goes back to, you can not apologize and still be a very kind person. And that is the advice that someone had given to me. My first manager happened to be a female and happened to be amazing. When I started my first corporate job coming out of grad school, Mm -hmm. first day on the job. And it was just autopilot apologizing. I didn't even messed up. It was just asking for clarity or not understanding something or not knowing what a word meant. Literally apologizing for asking a question. Yes. Right. Yeah. And she stopped me right then and there. And when she gave me that advice, it just stuck with me. And I wish I'd done it more in my personal endeavors as well. But if you're starting out in your career, I almost say it so that we can feel the shift because what happens, Heather, is for women, as we progress through our careers, you own your own marketing agency. When we finally stop apologizing, suddenly that's equated with us being the bitches. But if the young women in their careers start out that way, then there's no comparison. I'm like, oh, well, they used to be so nice. They Mm -hmm. used to be so kind. Now Mm -hmm. suddenly they've become, no, just start out that way. And hopefully that's changing the perception and the narrative and the commentary of what it means to be a strong, um, capable, confident woman in the workplace. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I recently just within the past few weeks, uh, we're growing and I hired a a new young woman to join our team. And we were going back and forth and she had questions about the contract. And she kept apologizing for having these questions. And she needed certain, uh, not accommodations, but like some nuances made to the contract. And she kept apologizing. And I said, you need to stop apologizing. Don't be sorry. I, I actually respect you more. You're this young woman. This is your first job out of college. And you're telling me what you need and asking questions and making sure this con- all the expectations are set before yeah. you even start. I actually respect you more. And I'm even more happy with the selection I've made because you've asked these questions. Yeah, so stop, awesome. stop apologizing, you know? Yeah. She kind of went, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... I think I think the the newer generation they're a little bit better about standing yeah. up for themselves, a little bit I more agree. better about setting boundaries. That societal expectation is just something that's very hard to unlearn. Yeah, yeah. And and if we do, it's great because then every time we do apologize, we know it's genuine and it's 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 merited. It's not a reflex. Right? It's not. Don't 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 stop all apologizing altogether. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. We, then yeah. hopefully we we weed out the ones that are just reflexes, and then they mean more when we say them. So tell people more about what you're up to, and and I know you like to get out there and speak and and encourage others. So like, how can people find you and engage with you? Um, you can find me on that public Instagram yeah. <laughs> account. Uh, um, and we'll put yeah, a link I'm, to I'm, that on our show notes. Thank you. That's that's where you can find me at Noor Jahan Tort. And I just, you know, I'm on there. I love sharing when I'm on podcasts with awesome folks like you, Heather. And um, yeah, I'm going to gear up and go back out for Sports Illustrated and see, see if third time's the charm. And um, 
yeah, it's going to be a fun 2024. My husband and I started a plant-based protein bar company. So we're, you know, launching some new flavors. That's fgpbar.com. Um, I know we didn't talk about that, but it's like, like we said, cool. just go for it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you're, whatever you want to do, go try it. That's what we decided to try. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for this great conversation. It's really been inspiring to me personally. And um, I've, I've, you've really opened my eyes to a few things, a few new things. So I'll be ruminating on those for a while. So. Oh, well, that means a lot coming from you, Heather. I love, thank what you're, you. I love what you're all about. I love what you share. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Okay, so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my little agency in Cleveland, in partnership with our friends at Evergreen Podcasts. Many thanks to our amazing team, including Maura Del Rosario, our production and marketing coordinator, Noah Fouts, our amazing producer, editor, and composer who wrote our theme music and performed it with his band, The Big Leagues, and our new video producer and editor, Kay Holmberg. You can find show notes and resources on our website, and you can find other fun stuff on our socials. We're Hard No Podcast, and we're now on YouTube, so check us out there. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms, but especially Apple. Can you please do us a favor? Give us a rating and review so more people can find us and learn how to say no. So until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it with me. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.